Welcome to The Common Cleric, the show that uses common words to talk about uncommon things. I'm Jeremiah Wilson, and today we're going to be talking about the church in quarantine. As we've all discovered by now, quarantine life is hard. All there is to do is sit around, binge watch your favorite television shows, stuff our faces with way too much food, and share memes about the end of the world. If I have learned anything over the past couple of weeks, it's been two things. One, there is entirely too many documentary series on TV and the different streaming services, some of which probably should have never been produced uh, because they just show you how deep and depraved humanity actually is. Uh, But here we are binge watching them on our couches. The second thing I've learned is that if the apocalypse ever does actually come, we're just going to meme about it until the bitter end. Uh, There have been some very unique and clever memes that have come out throughout this process, Uh, but it is definitely different and odd. And we're all stuck in this odd time where everything seems like an emergency, while at the same time, nothing is an emergency. Uh, We all feel like we're overreacting while at the same time thinking, maybe we just aren't aren't doing enough. And it's created this weird tension and this weird struggle. It's something my wife and I have constantly been talking about over the past couple of weeks. Uh, This has been a struggle for uh, my family trying to find a new normal. Uh, My wife is a teacher. And the state of Alabama has decided that for the rest of the semester, uh, school will be done online. And so they're trying to figure out the logistics of all that. But she is now home uh, for the rest of the the year, rest of the school year and into the summer. Uh, The kids, our two kids are now at home. And so our, in a way, our summer break has come a lot sooner than we thought it would. And so we've been trying to find a new routine, trying to find a new schedule to keep everybody engaged and feel uh, like they're not losing their minds. Our, our oldest uh, kid, my, my daughter, who's 18 months, uh, is losing her mind right now. She needs a lot of social interaction, and apparently her parents are not as cool as they think they are. Uh, and so we're having to come up with new and different ways of keeping her entertained throughout this process. And this is where a lot of Americans find themselves right now. Hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people are finding themselves at home, uh, some of which are at home working because they've been told, don't come in, just do it at home, while others are at home because they were laid off. Their business has had to close its doors, and the business can't afford to pay workers if they're not open, and so they have just been fired. But at the same time, a lot of people are out still in the workforce. you got doctors and police officers and firefighters and certain retail workers these places are deemed essential, and so they have to brave the minefield of social interaction. It's just an odd time, and uh, there's a lot of tension in the world right now. There's been two terms that have come out during all of this, and it's those positions and people who are deemed essential and those who are deemed non-essential. And this 
talk of essential versus non-essential has caused some stir within the church gathering world over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Let me tell you about a recent incident that shows my point. Uh, Yesterday on March 30th, Tampa Bay Times uh, reported a story, and it ended up going national, about a, a local pastor there, the pastor of the river at Tampa Bay Church. His name is Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. Uh, Pastor Howard Brown was arrested and put in, booked into the local jail on Monday, March 30th, on charges of unlawful assembly and violating the Hillsborough County's stay-at-home order. Uh, on March uh, 27th, the county issued the stay-at-home order, which required gatherings, including those held by faith-based organizations, to be fewer than 10 people in effort to limit the spread of COVID-19. But in violation of that order, Pastor Howard Brown uh, held two large church services on Sunday, and the, the sheriff's deputies even said that he was busing people into those church services. Uh, and so he was arrested, and he was booked in jail. Uh, later, he ended up tweeting that this was the news media's attempt to stir up religious bigotry and hate. Uh, he was very much in opposition to not gathering together. Uh, He and his church leaders on March 18th had already released a statement uh, saying that they considered church an essential service. Uh, Just as I said, there's essential businesses that are still meeting, uh, essential personnel that are still braving social interactions, such as police officers, fire departments, medical staff. Uh, the, The church leaders of his church on March 18th said they considered themselves essential, just like police. Uh, In fact, they consider the entire church gathering to be an essential uh, business, an essential operation. And so I want to address a couple of things using that story as the backdrop, uh, but using some of the sentiments that go into the thought process there. A couple of things I want to address. Yes, the church is essential, But no, Christianity is not under attack. First of all, yes, the church is an essential entity. However, there are a lot of church doors that are closed right now. For many localities, just as Hillsborough County, Florida, gatherings have been restricted to 10 people or less. Uh, There's a lot of places that are currently under a 24-hour curfew. Right now, the city of Tuscaloosa has a a 24-hour curfew where you can only be out and about if you're doing something essential, going and buying food, going to the pharmacy, providing uh, care for a loved one, things like that. And so all of these orders have been put into place in an effort to flatten the curve. And a lot of church bodies, a lot of churches have chosen not to meet in attempt to flatten the curve as well. They're abiding by those orders and those guidelines. One of the issues I have with everyone all of a sudden wanting to have a church meeting is where was that thought before? Before we were told we couldn't gather in groups of 10, Nobody was up in arms about coming to church and not coming to church. 
we always had some sort of excuse not to go to church. Well, our grandkids have some sort of game that day. We've got a family lunch that we have to go to. You know what? I'm just a little too tired. I want to use today as a break. We had all kinds of excuses as to why we didn't want to come to church. But now that we've been told, hey, let's keep gatherings to less than 10 people, it's now a really big deal and we just have to do this thing. I want to know where's that sentiment before now? Where, where was that thought? To take the argument that church gatherings are as essential as police, uh, does the body of Christ a disservice? Yes, it is important to gather together. We see in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, that we are not to neglect meeting together, but that we are to encourage one another. And so, yes, church gatherings, gathering together as the body of Christ is an essential and an important piece of being a Christian. But we don't cease being Christians if we don't gather together. We're not known by our church gatherings. People don't drive down the road and see a parking lot full of cars and go, ah, see, that's a church because there's vehicles in the parking lot. No, they know that we're the church. We know that we are Christians because of how we act and behave and respond to different situations. In John 13, 35, it says, by this, they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus wasn't saying they'll, the community will know that you're mine if you continue to gather together. No, he says, if you love one another, if you love your neighbor as yourself, then, you, then people will know that you are my disciples. Loving one, is, one another is how the world knows the church is present in their communities, not by filling a building once a week. Yes, the community around the church might know when the church is having a meeting, but that shouldn't be the only time that community has contact or, or even sees the church. The community should be regularly impacted and affected by what the church is doing because the church should be loving the community that they are in. Just because the church doors are closed does not mean the church is closed. We always talk about how the church is the people, not just the building. Well, now is the time to act like it. Now is the time to show the world who we are. We may not be able to gather in groups more than 10, but I can still love you as myself. I can still be Christ-like towards you, even though I can't gather with other Christ-like people. So now is the time to still act like the church. Churches themselves are not closed. Churches are still holding church services. There's a ton of church services on Facebook. I'm sure on Sunday mornings over the last two or three weeks, you have seen a ton of church churches having live worship services via Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and on their websites. That is a great way to still participate in your local church. You can still have church, if you will, from the comfort of your home, from wherever you may find yourself, you can still be a part of that gathering together. S participate in that service. They might have a different uh, chat windows that you can converse with other believers and, and other worshipers. They might have other avenues of approach. They might do a Zoom, uh, a virtual uh, FaceTime, if you will, where you're still able to gather together. 
uh, participate in that in those options. In doing so, you're still gathering together. You're still meeting together. You're not neglecting uh, the gathering of together, as Hebrews 10 says. Participate in what that church is doing and what your church is doing. Pay attention to their social media accounts. Stay up to date with the the directions and, and guidance that your your pastor is is pushing out. Every single day, the the news stories are changing. There's different orders coming out. There's different guidelines from the president down to the governor, down to mayors of what to expect over the next couple of weeks. And so churches are constantly having to update and shift their, their plans. Stay up to date on what they're doing. Follow the Facebook pages or the, the Instagram pages or the website. Call them and say, hey, what's, what's the latest that's going on? The, the church doors may be closed, but the church is not. We are still out here ministering to people. We're still out here trying to come up with new and innovative ways of reaching people for Christ. Participate in that. Once again, call the pastor. Ask how you can help. Reach out to people you normally wouldn't reach out to. Call the, the old lady in the church that you've never talked to before. Call the, the person you normally sit next to in church and make sure they're okay. Continue to be the church even though we can't gather together. Before we can be the church to the world, before we can show the world who we are, we have to build these kinds of practices of being the church to those within our local body. So again, remain connected with your local body even though you're not able to gather together. second thing that I want to uh, point out, going back to the story of Pastor Howard Brown, uh, is no, Christianity is not under attack due to the coronavirus. Uh, In his tweet, uh, Pastor Howard Brown said that the media was just trying to stir up religious bigotry and hate. This has been another sentiment that I've seen over the last couple of weeks, and it's really started to annoy me. Yes, local governments are telling people not to meet in groups, but they're telling this to everyone, not just the church. Sporting events, concerts, weddings, birthday parties, quite literally everything is being canceled or postponed right now, not just church gatherings. The churches in in your area, the churches nationally are not being singled out and told you cannot meet. The American church is not under persecution. This is not a persecution of us or of our faith. You want to know what actual persecution looks like? Look up the organization Open Doors USA. They have a lot of good resources uh, that talk about what persecution is and what persecution looks like around the world. According to Open Doors USA, in the last year, Around the world, 2,983 Christians were killed for their faith. That's what persecution looks like. In the last year, 9,488 churches and other Christian buildings were attacked. That is persecution. In the last year, 3,711 believers were detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, or imprisoned for their faith. That 
is what persecution is. That is what hate and bigotry against Christians look like. American Christians are not being told they must renounce their faith. They're just being asked and, yes, in some cases told, not to gather in groups greater than 10. If all your faith is dependent on is if you walk into a physical building on Sunday mornings, then maybe you need to do some soul searching. American churches are not canceling in-person worship services out of fear. We aren't canceling because of persecution. We are canceling in-person worship services out of love for our neighbor. We want to be a part of the solution. Notice I've been saying we're canceling our in-person worship services because, once again, the church is not being canceled. We are still out there in the community. We are still present in people's lives, just in a different way. We're not canceling out of fear, but we're canceling out of love. We want to help the problem. We want to help flatten that curve and and stem the spread. Our doors will open again. I can't tell you how, how much I look forward to that day. The last two Sundays, having to do a virtual worship service has been very difficult. It's The, the learning curve is quite steep. Uh, we've had to make some adjustments and some changes, but we're still here. We're still having some sort of worship and discipleship and teaching. And I look forward to the day where the pews are full again. I look forward to the day where I'm able to see my brothers and sisters in Christ in person again. But until then, I'm going to continue to do my part to help flatten the curve. But I'm also going to do everything that I can to continue to worship, to continue to preach and teach and disciple. Churches are still meeting. It's just happening in different venues. Again, I want to encourage you to still participate in your local congregation. Figure out what they are doing. We are not under attack. We're not being canceled. We're not being persecuted. But let's do what we can to be a part of the solution. Find a way in how to participate in your church. Find a way in being the church to those around you. We'll be back. Now, I know that there are those who will, who will disagree with me. I know there will be people who will use different scriptures to argue their point over mine. And that's fine. I'm not here to argue. I'm just here to get you to think. So in this time of quarantine... Think about what it means to be the church in isolation and in separation. Think outside of the box. Do something different. Go and actually be the church. Well, rather, stay at home and be the church. Think about what that means and come up with a a way to overcome that situation, not just sit and gripe and complain that we can't physically meet. Thanks for listening to The Common Cleric. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. 
and you know, do the social media thing. Share this so your friends can join in on the conversation as well. Until next time, this is The Common Cleric.